0: Mahadevan. what's
1: good <laughs> how's it going
0: How are you <laughs> why are
1: you look at me like that like i'm crazy i
0: know i just I'm i know making i look sure. like a
1: pirate today but do you, know, you i don't know i felt a little bit i think it's a red bandana. yeah
2: i feel like bandanas are usually like pretty
1: but likely. normally i don't feel like a pirate when i wear one <laughs> <laughs> just today but, like, like really? if
2: you wear a bandana one day you probably wear them every day of the week though no
1: Oh, I'm wearing because my hair is dirty this time. Oh, okay. It's to <laughs> yeah. be real. Special occasion? Yeah. Gotcha. Special occasion bandana.
0: Well, it is nice to see you as always. To... Uh Bandana or not. Yes. We have the homie in the house uh, an incredible musician, music composer, uh, somebody who's worked with, with so many people, I, 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 and someone who I care deeply about. Also, someone who can sing and rhyme for real. Um, a, a, a beautiful artist. Uh, Nico Seagal is in the corner store.
2: Pew, pum pum. Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> Woo.
0: Yo. Welcome. So awesome welcome to be here. Yeah. Yo, thank you for being here. Thank you. So good to see you. And and welcome back to Chicago now for a little while though.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're... No, it's uh it's been a, it's been a little while, but I'm still getting getting used to everything. Thank you so much.
0: DJ Cashera, our super producer, has brought pew, pew, Nico pew. some coffee, which is really kind. Thank Woo. You. Yeah, and very Where's necessary. My yeah. Wait, Cashera, Kashera, Kashera. Wait, you're you're in here so so infrequently. Do you mind saying hello to all the people?
3: Hello to all the people. Cute. <laughs> <Your> Cashera's voice
0: <laughs> is amazing. We uh, got How do we get Kashera? She has
1: like a sultry radio voice. I know.
0: We we I, Cashera, we need you on the on the radio uh, on our on our show more how yeah. is that possible
1: yeah
3: we can make it happen I can fun. actually talk to you from my studio well Close you so. never do why but we
1: did that one episode at the end of the year I and that love was
3: that fun. I love that because you guys are always talking to the guests asking them questions so I do we could ask you questions that's our job yeah, you can ask me questions we, we need Cash cashier sure, I interview. Can, interview. can ask
2: you questions <laughs> <laughs> <Does> <laughs> you want
3: to <laughs> ask me questions <laughs> it like, I do I'm this curious this impromptu interview how
2: did you come to work in this <laughs> place uh, how did that <laughs> How did that opportunity present itself uh, for you?
3: I graduated from Columbia in 2017, mm-hmm. and Kevin Koval introduced me to the proper people.
2: Kevin Koval, great guy. Yeah, he's, he,
3: yeah, you know, he I've really is a him. great guy. You know.
1: yeah, I've yeah, he heard he runs these <laughs> streets, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm gonna, have you seen his shoe gonna, game? He definitely runs these streets. Uh-huh. You're going to meet yourself?
0: I'm going to... No, I'm oh, gonna. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs>
1: <laughs> but let's not give away too much, cause then you know we. Right, have I don't want to
0: yeah. give
3: away too yeah. much. Yeah. But right. yeah, just, just know that I graduated and then but started yo, working.
0: But let's do the cashier interview. Though. No, I'm done. Yeah, for real, we can let's do that do soon.
3: It. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just, I'm here every week, guys. Just let me know. <laughs> just let me know. She's like <laughs> I've been waiting. Here, like all <laughs> She's the like time. why the
0: fuck is this new information? And why I've not been on the show sooner? Also, cashier's mom's in the building. Hello, DJ hey. Cashier's hey. mom. Also, looks like her sister. Right. Yeah, but you know. Um, Nico, Kevin. thank you for, back to, back <laughs> <Yeah>. to
1: Nico. <laughs> you know, the person we're supposed to interview. So, wait, you know?
0: so you are, you are
2: recently back, of course, born and raised in Chicago, but you moved back yeah. to the greatest city in the world from LA, the greatest city. I missed all my people and all the food and I didn't miss this traffic. Cause everybody talked about the traffic in LA being super crazy. But when I moved back home, it was so much worse than wherever I was living in LA and it was just so bad it was just so so bad made me feel so bad well
1: where were you going i just feel like la traffic (laughs) is so bad
2: Uh la traffic is it's bad because everything is super spread out so everybody has to take the same highways nobody takes the streets like in chicago you like if you're on a highway and you're going somewhere and you're like fuck this traffic like i'm out of here you can get out of there and you can take streets and maneuver your way and that's the key to la is just go local well, I don't, I'm not saying that because I didn't learn. I wasn't there long enough to really learn the streets like that. Okay. You know? I don't think yeah. that is because so, it's,
1: everything is like he said. It's so spread out. It'll probably take you just like know, everybody just, just takes possible. the highways
2: though. Everybody, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every single person.
0: That's what, when I'm there. I go local, and I'm I'm and you're decent.
2: I'm decent. Maybe that was the key. I also man.
0: like looking at graffiti. So yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know, but I
2: lo- I always love taking streets. It's always better. But you, I mean, I know that you are from North. I'm from super far north, as far north as you can be. Right, still living there now? Did you move back? Nope, okay. I uh, bought a house. Wow! Oh, shit. I'm a homeowner. Salutes, man! Wow! Congrats. I own a house now. That's great. It, it's in Humble Park. Congrats. Oh shit! Yeah. Welcome it's
1: to the neighborhood. That's where I live.
2: Amazing! Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, welcome. Yo, holla at me if you need some sugar or like,
1: but like salt or something. Right. Tara's exactly. gonna bring
2: over like, um, like a cake. An or something egg. Like that?
1: I would. I would bring you some one. Flour. Egg,
2: right? I got, I got Both you. In I'll you all the
1: elements of the cake, and you have to make it yourself. Okay, perfect. I'm not going to give you the cake. That's condom. yeah right?
2: Because
0: right. you could teach a man to bake.
1: I mean, I'm going to and then him. we can <laughs> eat it together. <laughs> exactly,
0: man. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So wait. So of course, you know, I, I want to talk about the move back. Yeah. You know, obviously, famously, you are and have been part of the social experiment, the the uh, the juju the uh, the juju, juju exchange the juju exchange uh you have a new project that i want to talk about coming out yeah. with, with with nate mm-hmm. fox um but but also to go all the way back you are a student of chicago and chicago music For sure. and have been educated in the city confines uh talk about just your your early musical mm-hmm. development
2: man that's a great question um I learned a lot from a lot of different people. I had a lot of different teachers in the jazz world, classical world, in the trumpet learning world. Um, I also had teachers that didn't play trumpet and just taught me music, you know, theory and, and talking about learning songs. and. Um, and then I also had a lot of teachers that were somewhat my peers, but were very wise beyond their years. And I'm talking about the O oh Mys specifically. Yeah. In this in this case. Yeah. For me, um, playing with the O oh Mys was my first step into playing quote unquote professionally.
0: And how did you meet those guys?
2: My dad is a teacher in C P S, has been a teacher in C P S my whole life and taught my sale. And my sale used to babysit me and shit. <laughs> and he's from Super far north too, and he's like the only person that's from all the way up north where I'm from. Right, North Pole, North Pole, like, like. super, like damn near Evanston, North. Right. Um,
1: what's before Evanston?
2: Rogers Park. Rogers Park. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so that's where we're both from, and we would always spend New Year's together, and you know our families were close because we lived by each other.
0: Am I, am I mistaken? Do you, your dad teaches uh, Latin jazz or plays Latin so jazz? So in
2: he does a lot of different things outside of his actual job description most of the time. he He's done chess clubs. He's done Latin jazz programs. And they're all like after school and, you know, just on his time. And uh, Maceo and I were actually both in the chess club, too. And, um, Who was better? I can't go into that. That's not fair. But <laughs> oh, so that means not better. I don't know. That's not fair. That's but not um, anyways, um, yeah we we grew up together we, we we started taking conga lessons together from this dude um Jose who was amazing and um my say was way better at it cuz his hands were like way bigger than mine when 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 I was like super little and he could just like cup the the drum better and get a way better sound i was always envious of that and anyways he was super into um music you know producing wise and singing and doing a bunch of things and actually the one of the first times he sang in public was during one of my dad's plays my dad used to do these plays like musicals almost um to teach different curriculum and and um he had to like sing this love song to this girl he really didn't like and it was like this public oh my gosh, this guy is like the greatest singer ever moment for everybody. And he was in like sixth grade or something, you know? Yeah. And um, anyways, they started the My's and I started playing with them. And I just learned so much from actually, you know, being in a band and being like in front of people playing music, whether that was at a club like Subterranean or it was at a bar like Lily's, you know, like, or it was on the street, you know, busking for whatever, you know, like um I just think those two guys are total geniuses and amazing people and um my big bros, for real. They they taught me so much about being in, in the business and and playing shows and rocking out and having fun, you know.
0: Yeah, no, we love those guys and they they're their corner store alum. Uh did you did you go to high school
2: uh in no, Park? so it was it was grade school I went to with myself. right
0: okay yeah. Yeah, yeah um Parker or no is that no he you, I think he went he, to high school he
2: ended up going to Parker I went to Whitney okay yeah I was at Whitney Young
0: okay and and you know I'm we met in high school yeah um and and you were hitting open mics and you know both with your trumpet but also as as a lyricist as a poet and mm-hmm. and as someone who also you know rhymed and of course we're in a crew with uh no name and malcolm mm-hmm. um which is a really dope crew called that called- scat uh you know based off of a roots record i think mm-hmm. if i remember um and i love that group and I, I thought y'all had like hits for real
2: yeah i uh, feel you right so we had hella fun <laughs> is what we had yeah you guys sure. are dope though we taught each other a lot i feel like yeah you know in in just like our processes of writing and like well, I guess we really just learned a lot from Fatima because she's, a, you know, like, total genius. Yeah. Um, and totally brilliant. And, you know, but also it was just great tests for us. Like, we would go to the same place every day at the Music Garage and, you know, early, and um, we would write all day. We would just, like, write, 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 write. See, and a lot of the time, you know, who who was faster? Like, who who got their verse done quicker? Who could outsmart the other one you know who had a line worth repeating you know um and i think that type of friendly competitiveness but that's also like all you know we're all trying to we're all aiming for the same goal you know Um, that's really what pushes you and makes you better you know
0: well your high school i mean is interesting because you're you're in a a band that is really beginning to make some noise in high school right you're you're a part of of Mm -hmm. kids these days Mm -hmm. um what what i mean that is a in a lot of ways that band helped to create a moment for so many musicians Mm -hmm. uh in the city and then broke up before you guys got you know maybe more notoriety even though but you were,
1: were signed
2: whoa so much information <laughs> being thrown around yeah for like a week oh really But That's... yeah we were we did sign some paperwork at one oh, point okay, in okay. our career right at the end yeah right, at the right, end. right and um
1: and you worked with homie from wilco
2: jeff Tweedy. that was an amazing experience that was um that was super super important he was like showing us so many interesting ways of recording things and we you know that was the first time we got to like put a drum in an elevator or something you know like get really creative with how we are getting sounds and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that you know just taught us how to make things important because when you just when you play an instrument you know after you first learn how to like just play through your scales or something, you know, get some t- sort of facility on your instrument. That's all you want to do is just like, you know, just like get it all out there. Show everybody what you can do. Um And it's harder to really dedicate yourself to what it sounds like and be honest about what it sounds like and get creative about what it sounds like and try new things and and see what it you know. You never know what what could happen, you know. That's, that's what's exciting about making music, really.
0: And you've, you've had a hand, I mean, just to talk about your own trajectory from, you know, from the kids to, to what happened afterwards, Mm -hmm. um, you've had a hand in so much of a Chicago sound in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways as not only an instrumentalist, but as someone who's been in the room helping to compose and craft, Mm -hmm. uh, these records. So, so. The kids must have been a pretty spectacular experience oh, being was, so oh, of young. Course.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, I, I didn't go to college. I w- went to kids these days. You know what I mean? Like w- we were touring colleges when we were supposed to be in college. That was our college experience, you know, and we all learned a lot together, um, especially about just working with other people and trying to find a common goal when everybody is trying to also find themselves musically and trying to explore other avenues and trying to get better at the thing that they think they're supposed to be really good at do you know what i mean like the thing that they're supposed to dedicate themselves to because even in kids these days you know we, we were all experimenting with a lot of other things like you said i was writing and doing my own poetry thing and um I was really still into jazz music and I was still playing a lot of jazz music. And um, I felt like I was getting to explore all those things within Kids These Days and other people felt like they had to go elsewhere to explore those things Mm -hmm. to really figure out what it meant for them, you know? Um, And yeah, that's all it really was. It's just like conflicting ideas on how to get how to get to where they were meant to be, kind of, you know. That must have been hard when y'all split. It was, man, but so much was happening at the same time. Like, we were playing some really big festivals and some really big shows, and um, somewhere along the line, you know, our names got mentioned to go to this audition to play for Frank Ocean, and we went in between playing Coachella, In between those two uh, weekend dates, during the week, we went and auditioned. That was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. I felt like I was auditioning for, like, the symphony orchestra or something. (sighs) But I was getting to play fucking Frank Ocean music, you know? It was incredible. And I I fucking got it. Right. And then uh, we went on tour. And that was a completely different tour than Kids These Days touring had been. I'm sure. And it was It was really jarring in a lot of ways. You know, on Kizzy's days, we were, like, running around the stage and jumping everywhere and, like, mosh-pitting and fucking stage diving. And then with Frank, you know, we're in suits and we're seated on stage the whole time. And it was, like, straight-up orchestra-type shit almost. We're were still on stage, I guess. And I did have a freaky, free-jazz-inspired solo on uh, Pilot Jones, but... Either way, it was, it was a very different touring experience. We were in hotels instead of all sneaking into bedrooms together and shit. Like, sleeping <laughs> on people's couches. Like.
1: Very composed.
2: It was very different. Yeah. It was like, you More know, mature. one of the first days was about, like, what you could and couldn't wear. You know? And, I, and And really, like, that seems so crazy when you just hear it like that. But when you go on tour with somebody else and it's just their name... It's just them out there. Everything that happens that's attached to that person's name, every person that's attached to that person at any show, it comes off as their. You represent what them? What they're on. Yeah. And he just didn't want people on some goofy shit, really. And it was very simple. It wasn't like super crazy. I think one of the craziest things was like. He really didn't want people to wear hats. Yo, I hope he doesn't fucking kill me for this. But he really didn't want people to like wear hats at all. And and he wasn't even on our bus. You know what I mean? And he was like making rules about people on the And it wasn't like he was gonna come over there and like. You couldn't uh, wear hats on the bus. But here's the thing he wasn't gonna come over there and be like, Oh, you're wearing that hat, like I uh-huh. hate you. But it's like he wanted you to th- have to think about that shit, I think. Mm, but what if he you're wanted having you, having you to have hair to th- oh that's nice it was just like he doesn't (laughs) want people wearing some goofy hat or like some goofy with something on it that regular cap yeah and it just looks sloppy it looks like you know what i mean like
0: yeah i think it's all about
2: the look right right. a lot about the stage the aesthetic aesthetic is so important to him and i fucking applaud that and i think he's a genius for shit like that and
1: it's something so simple i don't even think about it just like goofy
2: (laughs) shit written on your shirts and stuff and like goofy hats and like he was just like
0: yeah he wanted to look yeah and everything was
1: reflective of him you know if you're like wearing something everybody's different yeah, you
2: know Chance is like uh, the next tour I was on was Chance and he's on stage with a hat every night jumping up and down and wants me to have fun too on stage not that Frank didn't want me to have fun but you see what I'm saying wants me to show people I'm having fun wants me to be up there with the trumpet and be explosive like that you know and a um, shared
1: experience
2: it was it was kind of like dang it the best of both worlds just like landed in my lap kind of you know where it's like we're not necessarily struggling for hotels and we're not necessarily in the nicest hotels but like we're staying in nice places we're decent well
0: what was what was the at what point did you start going on the road with chance is this
2: acid Rap? um the first social experiment tour okay it was 23 23- Thirteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Isn't it
1: 2014?
2: I think 2013. End of
0: 2013. And
1: this is... Was acid Wrap in 20...
0: But this is Surf? This is... This I, is I forget the order. Surf. This is before Surf. Is before Surf. Okay. Surf
2: was 2015. Okay. Okay. And
0: what was... Um, I mean, because you guys were then on the road together for a while.
2: Yeah, those are some of the craziest tours i've ever been on for sure why the first couple social experiment tours i'm sure why because it's kind of like i was saying like it wasn't like kids these days like we were way more comfortable and the shows were in i mean kids these days shows were fucking insane but every show was sold out every show was like stacked to the brim with people going crazy singing every word and, you know, we were on a bus for the first time. That was insane. We were all selling merch. Like, it was just like, it was like a real tour. It was like, it was like what Frank's tour was, but, you know, just like slightly less fancy. And with your friends. And with all my yeah. fucking friends. Yeah. And That's I got like to play music that night. I worked on that I had been a part of and knew half the cast, you know, that was on the album. And then playing with Peter and meeting him and working with him for the first time. And he's incredible um, and taught me so much about just music in general and sound and, man, just so much. And that's where I met Nate for the first time on the the Social Experiment Tour.
1: Is he not from Chicago?
2: Nate is the only one not from Chicago. Nate is from Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Pittsburgh.
2: Yep.
0: And so who all was a part of, of that band at that time?
2: It was me, Peter, Greg... Nate Chance. That was it at first. Okay. Then we had Jeff Giddy playing guitar. At some point, we had Macy on tour with us, playing strings and singing. Um. Yeah.
1: How did Nate? How was Nate brought into
2: the fold? He produced most of Acid Rap. Okay. Worked on the whole thing. Produced some of the big songs.
0: And so, so take us through that, that trajectory of that group because, yeah. you know, you worked with them and I don't, I don't even know if still do, or if even that group is together in the same way.
2: The social experiment? Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: So, so from 10 day to Grammy, how does, how does that happen in such a short period of time?
2: Man, well i guess you got to ask chance about that because you you,
0: you're a grammy award winner now right it's true yeah um i should have said that in the intro yeah it's all good bye i know it's all good yeah um
2: man we made a ton of music and we learned a lot and you know we met a lot of incredible people like francis and the lights and um man i and moved Right. And we I mean, mo- yeah, moved- we moved to LA. We were working that, out there. I remember
1: that Fader story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so I don't know, that was a great story. I was like, I want to write something like this.
2: That shit was great. Yeah, I did a whole show called Farewell Donnie Trumpet. Which was Oh yeah. <laughs> Where I wasn't playing any Donnie Trumpet music at all. I was I was playing only um music I had written and I was singing that night as well, some of the songs. Marseille was there too. Where was that? That was at a club on, it was like South South Michigan. Yeah, that was a great show. And you could sing for real. That was so much fun. Yeah. And it was like one of my first shows ever. It might have been the first show I ever had like singing in front of people. And um, yeah, we went to L.A., worked in hella different studios, what they call working studios out there that are like big ass fancy buildings with super fancy gear and a bunch of assistants going to get you stuff and charging you a lot of money, and they're great. And um, and built You guys built the studio, and then we built our own working studio, kind of in L.A. And that's where we made Intellectual. Um, but yeah, Nate had Nate had another studio that we made a lot of surf at in L.A. Too above this Indian restaurant. We were there for a while. It was fire. Right. Um, yeah, I'd been I'd, I'd, But they were like super dirty or something cuz the there Indian was like roaches and weird animals around.
0: It's it's tough to live above a restaurant. Just <laughs> it was every tough. restaurant will the have The studio was tough Berman. It had no windows. Oh, it was no, just a, yeah.
2: it was a bleak place, but we did make some good music in there. We had Janelle Monet and her whole posse in there oh, hanging out with us before, right before Classic Man came out. It was quite the experience.
0: Wow. Uh but L.A., how long did you live there?
2: Like five years, four and a half, five years. Yeah. But, you know, it was some of the most touring years of my life. (laughs) I wasn't really anywhere. I was on tour way more than I was in L.A. I was in Chicago on a lot of important days still. We were recording a lot in Chicago still. Um, So, yeah, I was kind of all over the place.
0: How do you remain a person with that much travel how do you remain kind of feeding yourself i mean literally figuratively how to remain in relationship to people Mm. like what are some of the things that yeah you do on the road in order to maintain a sense of self
2: man this is this is a really tough one because it's not easy um and i kind of wish somebody had told me right uh when i was becoming a musician what it meant to be a musician because i hate airports they give me so much anxiety um i hate being able to go so many different places and then not being able to really see them (laughs) because you're just in an arena or in a club or wherever and then you play the show and then you're leaving you know immediately and it's a um, job it's a job you're not it's a job yeah you're you're like a doctor that's how i like i like to tell you you're just on call Whenever somebody calls me and they're like, "Yo, I need you to play trumpet on this tour. I'm like, all right, let's go. And that doesn't matter when your birthday is or when your girlfriend's birthday is or when whoever's birthday it is um, or what you had planned. Uh, You kind of just got to drop everything and make it happen because that's ultimately how you get work because um, a lot of the time, you know, The guy that gets the job isn't necessarily eons better than everybody else. You know, they're just like there and on time and like clean and responsible and like easy to get along with. That's like a huge one. Mm -hmm. You know, like Chance would have never asked me to be in his band if I was an asshole, even if he knew I could play the trumpet. And we had been friends for years already. So. There was already that relationship, but I, I, I'm just using him as an example. But you Re- still had to show up on time. But really, and I, friendship I exactly. Aside. I mean, we're, we're still traveling the world together. He still has to be comfortable, like sleeping in a in a bunk right next to me for uh, two months. You know what I mean? Like that. That's a it's in, for lack of a better word, intimate relationship. Being in, in yeah, a band, in a band. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a very intimate relationship. You get very close to people. You rely on people for certain things, you know, um, just to be there, you know, in your life, I guess. Cause you start to, you know, kind of depend on that type of relationship. You know, sometimes when you're on tour, it's like, I feel like Nate is like the best on tour. He's like always asking people if they need something. Like when he goes to the store, it's just like, it's shit like that, man, that, that makes you want to work with people. It's like, I feel like it's really like any other job ever. Probably. You know, I've never had another job, but it's probably like another job where you show up and you have to be on time and you have to be like nice and and professional and easy to work with. Every single person in this place at one point had to prove that they could do that. And it's the same in music. And people think it's not. Mm. And um, we're all just people. You know, from from me, from little old me to Stevie Wonder, we're all just people and we all have to travel and we all have to get sick and we all have to piss and shit like everybody else. Sorry. But yeah, everyone forgets
1: that, though. You know how like glamorous, you know, musicians life seems. You look at him on on social media and shit like that. And
2: And I'm also not complaining because obviously my story is unique and I'm super blessed. I've had a lot of opportunities in my life and, you know gotten the call a lot of the time you know when it when it could have or could have couldn't have happened and i just honestly stay hungry stay super humble and you know know that i suck at all the different things that i'm trying to do here and trying to get better at them every day and um which is one of the things that i think
0: is remarkable about you is that you know i think there are people who stay stagnant or rest on their laurels And I think for a lot of people, they might be happy being on Frank's tour or happy Mm. being on a Chance record and being on tour. But then you go do a whole other series of projects, which is really interesting, right? The Juju Exchange is not necessarily the direction of any, uh, you know, pop record. Right. You know, it's a brilliant project and a great group.
1: Yeah, it's really dope. Right. Wait, so is it over? Now that it's you're not doing something else it's okay. not
2: at all we have another album in the it's works nice we're, we're just... keeping it pushing yeah music is like that I, at least for me you know um i'm not necessarily tied to one way of outputting music i just feel like if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna commit to it if i'm gonna play some jazz music i'm gonna commit to it if i'm gonna try and write a song, I'm going to commit to it and make an album. You know, if if I'm going to, like, I'm going to change the whole name. I'm going to be the Juju Exchange. I'm going to be Intellectual. I'm going to be Nico C. I I mean, I'm going to be myself, ultimately. But I think, you know, for all these things to come together in different ways, but highlighting different points of emphasis, kind of, um, is what's exciting to me. And what pushes me in all those different things, too. How do I get better at this for the juju? How do I get better at this for intellectual?
1: How does the new uh, project differ from juju?
2: Well, the juju exchange is mostly about instrumentals, mostly about um, heavy jazz influence and heavy um, gospel influence, I'd say and this album is heavier in folk mm. influences and um kind of R&B soul influences like lobby safri that's a a person i want to highlight and shout out all the time from mountaintops if you don't know who he is look him up l a b i s i f f r e and uh He's been sampled a million times. You'll recognize some of the songs when you hear them. And he's fucking brilliant. And, um, yeah, him and and Benny Sings is another one that's super influential for this project. I'd say Prince is super influential for this project. Um, He passed while we were making it. And I just think it was, everybody was listening to him so much and, you know, with artists like that, you constantly find new music that you hadn't found, heard before, and um, yeah, just really digging heavy into his discography and all his sounds.
0: And this is a project intellectual between you and with you and Nate. Yep. Does it feature other musicians?
2: Is it just it does. Um, it has other people on it, but the bulk of it is stuff that we wrote and are performing as well.
0: Okay. And and how soon can people hear the record?
2: April 12th. April 12th. And actually there's a song out now. It's like a it's like a teaser song. It's like a half song. But it's a song. <laughs> okay. Uh and the title is just Intellectual with just the consonants INTLXL and um yeah, it's it's everywhere on iTunes and SoundCloud and all that. It's, it's tight. It's a vibe. It's tight. (laughs) It gets you you into the mood. It gets, you know. Yeah.
0: A Um, little appetizer. And then is there a plan? Are you guys, you know, doing shows with with this record? Or, you know, what's the plan post-April 12th?
2: Yeah, the plan is to let people listen to it more than anything. I really, I have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen. I hope something incredible happens that I could have never predicted. Um The plan is to, you know, release the album. We have some other pieces of content like videos and stuff uh, that we're working on. And we're definitely going to perform it in some capacity. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. But um, I think it depends, you know, what happens with some of the songs and how people receive them.
0: That's exciting. I'm excited for the record. Yeah, me too. Um, You are, uh, you moved back though. I'm back. Yeah. And so why? I mean other Man. than the food and your so people. Many reasons. Yeah. It's good to have I'm I'm so glad you're back.
2: Yeah, thank you. It's so good to be back. For real. I've been so many places on earth <laughs> and Chicago is just so much better than everywhere else. It's crazy. Listen. Uh I love Chicago to death and I think it's amazing and um and I want to be a part of it getting better. And I also um, know that there's a lot of work to do. And I feel like knowing how much work there is to do, knowing a lot of the people that are putting in work, I was uncomfortable being away from that work and not being able to be more a part of change happening in the city and seeing so much changing. And uh, should I live in Humble Park right now. You know what I mean? Like my parents lived in humble park when i was a baby and it was a completely different place you know and and then they moved and then they moved and then they found rogers park but um but yeah i think that's a big part of it a big part of it is my family being away from my family like when you're on tour for hella long and then you get back to a place where you only know or want to hang out with a couple people and you can't like see your parents or see your little sister i have a little sister Um, so see your family. That's been, that was super tough in LA. Um, and you know, the people, the vibe in LA is special. It is a special place. There is a big place in my heart for LA. Um, it's a very different type of beauty, I think, than Chicago's type of beauty. Um, and I loved being able to experience it but i was also like needed some seasons needed some like rain and some snow <laughs> i feel that <laughs> that shit was so weird it was like the truman show you know it like was living like, the same day every day it's just the same day every day and it just gets weird and then sometimes in la people don't don't talk about this about la either sometimes in la it'll just rain for a week straight and it'll just be gray like in chicago it can rain then the sun will come out, then it'll thunderstorm, then the (laughs) lightning will happen, then the sun will come back out, like, all in three hours. So, like, I don't know. I just, I think that's kind of a metaphor for how I felt about L.A., where it's just, like, felt so stagnant there. Mm. Missed my family, missed the people, missed the food. Um, Yeah. I still fuck with L. A. though. Of I love L. A. Yeah. and I'm sure the you're music still there in L. A. Lot. LA, the music making in L. A. is very different too, in in positive and negative ways. I mean, the amount of studios that they have in L. A. is insane, and the work that you get because they're just there is also insane because they're just there. And people that you like Pharrell can just be working up the street, you know, instead of like just your homie that you grew up making music with, which is awesome. But it's like. I'm trying to get different. that yeah. check. Yeah. And I'm also trying to like make these big time moves. And I feel like LA was like, I needed to satisfy that quench of like going somewhere and like seeing what happened. And at first, it was a total shit show for me. And uh our housing fell through. I don't want to talk too much about it, but we didn't have anywhere to live at first. Anyways, there was a whole bunch of shit that happened when we first moved out there. And I just had to experience that shit and you know get through it and and get to some crazy sessions um i remember like getting called to go to a session for kanye and it was literally like two minutes from my house like i look up the address because i still don't know like anywhere in la i look up the address in Waze or whatever and it's like two minutes away you know like that's the type of shit that la has really that that's the only thing it's just like a whole bunch of studios that everybody around the world goes to and works at on a on a professional level
0: what's the food you missed the most uh when you were there
2: <sighs> harold's yeah i hate to admit it but
0: Where do you have a particular one you go to
2: not really i'm not that particular did
1: you did you read the uh was this chicago magazine yeah ranked but, yeah. it yeah and then uh what's his foot re-ranked it larry
0: oh yeah yeah Um uh, i'm larry sure Legend. everybody has yeah. their yeah. favorites yeah
1: that shit was kind of bogus though like the first the first time that they the, the the their food guy ranked it yeah and it you know
2: he I, gave them, yeah, yeah, bogus
1: it yeah yeah it's just yeah, it was sus.
2: yeah. Well, i love food but that's i mean that's like a that's like a guilty pleasure for any chicagoan for sure is it
1: guilty though i just feel like it's not
2: <laughs> it's it's only guilty when you leave and you realize how, what you're eating. And then you come back and you're like, ooh, I crave it so bad." You're like, "Damn."
0: I, did did they open one in LA? Did I hear that? Did they are, I don't did
2: know. I think they have one in Atlanta. I don't know. Okay. Maybe maybe And that. it's like a restaurant. Okay. Oh, that's Wow. Hmm. Or something. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Well, uh it makes sense and it makes sense even about the weather in LA because you are not someone who wants to be stagnant, right? You are in a lot of places intellectually spiritually and i think it shows then in the different projects you're able to tackle and and master and it's a really beautiful thing to see Thanks, uh where where can people find you on on the internets and how can people stay in tune with all of what you're doing
2: yeah so right now i definitely want to highlight intellectual because it's coming out april 12th that's the 12th of april it's next friday that's this month yeah <laughs> next it's friday. super soon yeah yeah There's some heavy-ass music in there. I'm not expecting everybody to understand on the first listen. Uh, Take some time. Take a breather. Listen to something else. Come back to it. Um, Because you're going to get something different from it every time. And um, don't just listen to it for your favorite feature on there. Uh, (laughs) Because your favorite song might not have a feature at all. Mm. Ding! Nice. And... um, and what is it? It's at. It's at intlxl for our Instagram and Twitter, and um, yeah, go follow that shit.
0: Great, and then you you personally, of course, you 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 dropped uh, your old alias um, when forty five came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that affect your social media at all? Is it is, is it at Nico Segal on, on? It is at Nico Segal.
2: Okay. Um, it definitely affected a lot of. Th- things just in terms of talking about it because I had to talk about it so much and I will continue to forever talk about it so much which I expected and it's okay um but I don't think I don't think it necessarily you know everybody was super confused or I hope they weren't no, I think it was. I think it was really clear. No, I
1: think it was. Think it was clean. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. It made sense. It was necessary. You know, like, even. Yeah,
2: I think it was a clean break, and uh, I just changed all my socials. Shout out to Twitter and Instagram, I guess, for letting me do that shit <laughs> and keeping all my peoples with me. But yeah, um, I think it only changed kind of people's perception of me, maybe because I think being from Chicago and coming from such a multicultural family and friend and just community, um, I think we often don't even think about how the other side perceives our music and our art. And we're only thinking about like impressing our friends or our family. And um, yeah, I think just not that you can't really tell from the music, But politically, it definitely was a polarizing decision, and I knew that. And um, not that I've never been like political on Twitter or said anything political before, because I have. But I think that was just like a super, like, oh, he's just changing his whole identity now, his whole name, the all the progress I've built with name recognition, and and. All that shit is just out the window. And I was like, bet, it's just out the window. Like, I don't have another option, you know? And um, I just felt really strongly about that. And I wanted people to know that I wasn't aligning myself with that message. And, you know, it just brings me to a funny thing that happened to me the other day. I tweeted something that got the most action I've ever gotten on social media ever of in any place ever not grammys not tours not saturday night live videos all i said was white supremacy equals terrorism and it got like 20 times i mean you can check like 20 times the likes and retweets and all that shit that i've ever gotten on any social media post ever I think it tells you a lot about like, we just don't see, and and every message, mind you, th- there's like thousands and thousands of messages, uh, hateful ass messages sure, on, yeah. on this Twitter thread. Yeah. Crazy, hateful ass messages that you just never even like think of, you know? I wasn't thinking of, I was saying something crazy. That's what, that's kind of my point is like, we don't even, a statement of fact. we don't even think right. it's that crazy. We're just like, this, oh, this how I feel. But, like people really took that got that and frame went frame. and went crazy with it, yeah
0: you know well it it uh, it's the temperature of the country, yeah, you know, we live in that kind of deaf antagonism, you right. know where we we don't even really do the work of listening, We mm. just are ready to fight,
1: mm. and, and hide behind a screen, Of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally and just like shoot shit off, you know, yeah, so
0: but that's why you know man, you are you are a solid dude and uh you've been one you remain one and so glad that you're 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 back home and really excited for intellectual really excited for the project thank uh you, can't wait for people to listen and and for us to listen and uh thanks for being here and come back anytime man you know the corner store so, is a home for, for you me. always thank you nico appreciate, Scott, that. appreciate you, you. Uh, Yo, we want to thank DJ Exist for the beat.
1: Langston Olson for the art.
0: Big ups, Todd Manley at WGN Radio.
1: And Max and Dami, the Corner Store interns.
0: Salutes to our super producer, DJ Cash Era.
1: You can keep in tune with the Corner Store at Corner Store underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud.
0: Also, you can stream and download the Corner Store wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: And please rate and subscribe and comment on iTunes.
0: Please, y'all, consider giving us those five stars.
1: Thank you for listening. We're
0: going to see you next week.
1: The Corner Store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.